That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Side Work Podcast, you guys. Um, hey, I haven't told you guys yet, but uh, but guess where I, I uh, guess where I ate dinner last night. I'm going to get something ready for you. Uh, I ate dinner at Buca de Beppo oh, last night. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, this isn't. Wow. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I did, indeed. At Universal City. Hello. Wait, didn't you do this two weeks ago? What's happening? What? No, she that teased us. She teased us that she I, was oh, going to yeah. do that. Oh, you it need, happened. Did you need to make a reservation two weeks out? We made a reservation only because we were going to see a movie after, and we just wanted to make sure we could like get in smoothly. You saw It. We did see It. It, too. Uh, yeah, we saw It, too. Can I get a... It was okay. okay. Up or down. A meh? Love that Bill Hader. Oh, Very man. Good. How were his teeth? Did he fix his teeth yet? Ah, uh, I didn't really like notice a ton teeth. of the his clown? teeth. Yeah. The clown? Yeah. Oh, Pennywise. Oh, Pennywise. I thought you were about Hater. No. No, he's, that's a Bill Skarsgård. No. Man, he's yeah. just, he's just got, just, just baby weird, teeth. He's got baby teeth. teeth. Swedish teeth yeah. that look yeah. like rows and I rows of teeth. Maybe he could uh, oh, like How is, wait, how was the books? Uh, the book of the Beppo was expensive wow yeah. oh. a lot more than i really remembered it first of all that one at universal walk is fucking ginormous yeah like how big um i mean there's two floors disgusting and, i mean you just walk upstairs and you're just like room after room and that's how it is it's very maze like anyway but i was like this is very intense yeah uh the amount of rooms and tables we were in a smaller room it was fine honestly Everything was like the food was pretty good. It was just so fucking expensive. Like our bill came and I was like, it was two hundred dollars for four of us, and I was like, wow. Wait a and did you guys have drinks? Did you have? Alcohol? I had a glass of wine. Like the Brian and James both had like two drinks each. Jasmine like didn't drink. We got like, yeah. It just it added up quickly. That I doesn't guess. feel that expensive to me. I mean, it was fine. It was fine. I guess drinks. I just didn't really think it was going to be that much as far yeah. as but i mean i guess it's been inflation's a bitch man did you ask did you ask like if you could get up and do a spiel that because you had worked there no things have changed uh oh. in that the okay. menus are not on the wall anymore they're no. handheld they're different sizes handheld of devices Hand, or handheld uh uh menus menus okay yeah not devices um, but so no more menus on the wall. They don't play, they play like modern songs now, or like it's on a loop with like an 80s song, then like oh, a 60s song. That's then like, kinda, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I, I want don't like want the it. old, too loud, like Italian. Oh, get Maroon 5 Rosemary the fuck out of here. yelling in my ear the whole time. A lot of, lot of tree top, a lot of like table, like top, like what do they call it? Like fascinator. I'm going to say fascinator. Like, Here's like your dessert menu. Here's like your your drink table oh, yeah. or your drink tree with all the different like. Sorry, where's my brain going? I don't know what you're talking about. Like the what? the, the permanent talking. menu. There's shit all. Oh, over. you yeah. mean like it's oh, it, it's oh, like yeah, a tiny oh, like a tiny you. chalkboard. So just yeah. very much like or sandwich board. Like yeah, working on the train. Oh God! At one point they like yeah. our server came over and like had a notepad and ripped off. Four individual, this would make you so crazy, Jocelyn. Four pieces of paper about joining their like 
club points club no but came over and ripped and handed each one of us one they've gone very very corporate no. um and i was like no one's going to fill this out at all and this is gonna go in the trash now but Great. did you join the buka sky miles club no, while you I were there that. or that happened okay. in chicago a long time ago <laughs> um but did you take uh, there was food home with you no so we actually food? did pretty well like we we pretty much like chatted what did all you down. order we got uh, fried calamari, which was actually still really good. We got the mixed green salad with prosciutto and gorgonzola, still pretty good. Um, we got chicken salt and boca, which is like chicken breast with sage and prosciutto and artichokes and capers and lemon butter sauce, still pretty solid. The ravioli, which was has like goat cheese in it, which is really good. And then the spaghetti, or sorry, bucatini, which is hollow spaghetti. Yes. Um, a machichana, which is like a tomato based sauce with like uh, bacon and onion and like spicy. It's really good. So yeah. that's what we got. Everything was fine. Like everything was good. Oh, well, you guys, I'm still <laughs> nursing an injury from uh, choking on a spicy taco in Morro Bay. I don't uh, want to hear about your and Drennan's <laughs> adventures, Brooke. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're making an innuendo, yeah, yeah, I was, <laughs> I almost about oh, sex. I, just, I, I, I was gonna say, I, I was just like, mm-hmm. she's the one with the taco. Yeah, I'm the one with the spicy taco. Baby. In the end, I think she's Wait, the taco. You choked He's on your the hot own dog. I choked on my own. <laughs> no, it was, go ahead. it was so embarrassing. It was Taco Tuesday, which I do love a Taco Tuesday. Who and does a half it? An hour. God, they're great, especially when it's like you are on the ocean, and so they're doing a solid shrimp taco. You know what so I love? Good. A taco, and then insert any day of the week. Yep, pretty much. Taco mm-hmm. all week. Taco yep. breakfast, taco snack, taco dinner, taco lunch, late night tacos, tacos, okay, tacos, we're tacos. we're talking taco. about a spicy one. We're... Ta- I got really excited. Okay, hear me. We are. T- Thank you for getting me back on track, Jocelyn. Uh, do, okay, so I, I sometimes I'm a minimalist. I just like one corn tortilla usually. Hmm. I can manage it. You know, I think you don't double, like the double stack. Doubling is sometimes a little aggressive, and this place served a double stack. And I went to hork down the taco. I, I went to put the same amount. Only in way my to mouth. eat them, right? Uh, as if it were just a single. A single fucking tortilla. T- tortilla. And then so I kind of choked and it was very, very spiced chorizo and it hit the back of my throat and it was like someone fucking pepper sprayed me mm. in the face. I didn't stop for 10 minutes. Everyone in the bar kept looking over concerned. My eyes were, I was crying. My face was red. Couldn't catch a breath. And I was like, on a $3 taco for over 10 minutes, it didn't stop. And I mean, I was getting so frustrated. I like turned and looked out the window onto the ocean. I was like tears streaming down my face. I was like, I can't I'm having a tough vacation. It just like hit the wrong spot. It hurt so bad. It's like, a, it like hit right back here. And it was like a chemical burn of just like cayenne on the back of my throat. It fucking sucked that capsin really gotcha it did and there was no i was like give me milk give me sugar give me alcohol whatever to to heal the burn and it's it helps your mouth cool down it doesn't do shit for your throat mm. um this quick story i'm gonna tell really quick we were getting pho one time years ago in chicago and you know like they gave like the raw jalapeno like on the plate to dress your pho with mung and jalapeno and herb um brian was eating it and he had taken he had like put it on his hands and he like rubbed his eye and it was like one of the spiciest jalapenos ever he was like he for probably a good 15 minutes he would he was like i think i'm okay i think i'm okay and be like nope i'm not okay and it was like january in (laughs) chicago it was so fucking cold he would like go outside in the ice cold weather and to like cool it off and then come back and be like i think i'm cool and two minutes later he'd be like nope i have to go back outside (laughs) no brian (laughs) you could have lost an eye uh is that why you wear glasses now (laughs) (laughs) uh is that why you have that big scar on your face babe um Awesome. Is that why you're always crying? Or is that something else? (laughs) We've got more server submitted stories. All right. 
Kyle, you're up first. It goes a little bit onto the next page. Okay, this is at Smiggle says. Smiggle says? I'm not sure. I couldn't figure that one out. Smiggle says, Smiggle <laughs> says. Um, I hope you're serious about needing stories because you're the first podcast I've ever contacted. Challenge accepted, Smiggle says. Anyways, my favorite story is how I decided to work at one particular restaurant, Rockfish Seafood, when there were plenty of other places in the area. Was it the atmosphere, the quality of the customer, the potential for growth? Fuck no. While I was filling out an application during the dead time, two to three-ish, I shamelessly eavesdropped on the bartender and waiter, both guys, talk about how they got shit-faced at the bartender's house party and trying to figure out how the waiter somehow shit, yes, physically shit, in the corner of a room, mm. then woke up naked in the Mary bartender's bedroom. I was crying into my application. I worked there two years <laughs> <laughs> and invited the whole crew to my wedding the year after I stopped working there. I'm, st I'm still good friends with both of these guys 10 years later. The bartender won't let me tell stories to his daughter, though, anymore. Thanks for keeping it up. And I didn't realize how much I needed to listen to waiters talk shit again. Thanks to y'all. I don't have to get another waitressing job just to listen to my favorite type of people. Godspeed and good tips. Cute. Oh. Yeah. I was really expecting expe expecting a second shit pop up in that story. I know. <laughs> at her wedding. I, at her reception. No I doubt. I just got it had a happy ending uh, that she was like, this is, this is the kind of place I've been searching for. <laughs> I mean, when you when you invite a bunch of like, OK, here's the thing. I feel like if you've got a, a wedding you're dealing with in a reception, the worst group you can invite are usually a bunch of service industry people. Mm. They're going to close that wedding down. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. That's how we do. They're going to drink all your booze. Yes, they are. All right. This is from at Donutty. Hey, ladies, love the podcast. I've worked in food service, though not as a server, but I have a question as a customer. Okay. I dine alone a lot. I opt for sitting at the bar if possible, so not as to take up a larger table and usually tip 20%. I've been treated as if I'm an inconvenience and have actually walked out of a place after being ignored after being seated. I've also had great servers who were extra attentive, which I always appreciate and tip a bit more. Just wondering what your opinions are of solo diners. Thanks. I'm not angry at him. Uh, uh, no way. I, I, I love a solo diner, especially if you're like traveling and you get to go. I've heard great stories and had great stories where I've been alone places, sit at the bar by yourself. The entire wait staff is somehow everybody just starts talking to you. If you're having a good mm -hmm. experience, they all hone in on you. Yeah, I feel I feel like that could be a fun episode too, like a topic possibly of like serving solo diners and also our experience, you know, just as as people who go and just I do dare to I do love, things alone. I love going to dinner by myself. Totally, but I, I don't I, just because I don't get to share. I like to order and share with I mean, people. Totally, babe. Otherwise, like I I don't mind it, but yeah, I like going out and trying different stuff. So I mean, I like it when I'm traveling, especially. Yeah, yeah. And that's usually the only time it ever happens unless I'm just going to go like sit at a coffee shop yeah. or have lunch by myself yeah. if I'm trying to get work done, which I also love and appreciate. I think there's something like totally awesome about going out to eat by yourself. And also with all the shitty people who come into a restaurant, like a single diner sh is not where your anger should be directed. Absolutely unless they're an not. asshole person. But I would say nine times out of ten, they're just trying to like, they're just trying to do their thing. And I think uh, if someone's giving you some attitude about being an inconvenience, I I think that might just be that person because sometimes I feel like uh, solo diners, you, you just, they're they are easy. They're mm -hmm. good natured. They're usually not super demanding. Yeah, they can take care of themselves. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, so I'm sorry that happened to you, but I say keep it up, you know, find your people, find your tribe, and sit at the bar. Always sit at the bar. Always sit at the bar. Yeah, awesome. no, if you're at a table, it's fine too. Of yeah, course, of, fuck course em. of course. I'm just saying sometimes it's fun to just. For me, it's more fun. Yeah. All right, ladies, getting back into talking about restaurants is the topic. Uh, this is part two when we're actually going to dive deep into the deep, deep cleavage that is the restaurant industry. On. I'm holding my microphone between my breasts. Oh, that's what they're for. Yeah, that's right. Not for long, Brooke. Not for long. Uh, I'm taking you down to A-Town. <laughs> 
<laughs> so in the last episode, we slightly, you know, talked about the history of uh, the Playboy Club and kind of how it set the stage for all these modern day establishments that exist. Uh, swinging into the 1980s, I think it was a little bit more of a glamorous time for casinos, specifically, uh, who is fucking surprised here? Trump casinos, like very scantily clad <laughs> casino outfits for their cocktail waitresses, which Ivana also designed. Of course. They were very much known for very skimpy Dumpster outfits, very tight corsets, very high heels, where the servers would even only have to work two hours and they'd have to go take a break. That's how grueling the outfit was. Jesus Christ. So that's just a little taste. I hate that. I mean, listen. Of what Trump was up to in the 80s. Well, of course. He was like, he's like, make sure there's easy pussy access. So riding the coattails of <laughs> Trump is really interesting. Uh, I feel like the backlash of like what Trump is because of Obama is what Hooters is because, or restaurants because of the wave of feminism. So here is a little Wait, state that hypothesis again. All right. Hold on. There's this, and there's a, so a lot of people say that Trump being elected was backlash to Obama being elected, correct? You've well, heard yeah. this theory. Of course. So what I'm saying is Hooters and restaurants are a bit of a, a backlash effect because of the first wave of feminism. Now, hear me out. Okay. Hooters was founded in 1983 when American culture was in the midst of an anti-feminist backlash. Entertainers like Andrew Clay, Sam Kinison, and Howard Stern, whose acts drew on degradation of women were on the cusp of making it big. The Reagan administration threatened to undo the gains of women's liberation movement with the glorification of trans traditional gender roles out of this six businessmen in Clearwater, Florida created a sports bar that played nostalgic 1950 songs, offered many finger foods and hired bikini models and jogging shorts. The concept was a throwback to the old days in which women of all types of service positions, stewardesses, secretaries, sales girls, and waitresses were supposed to cater to male desire before second wave feminists tried to end all the fun. We suck. A second and third and fourth wave feminists. So. Ruining all the fun for the guys who just want to throw around their hard earned money. And boners. And boners. So if anybody's never been to a Hooters before. I haven't actually. Oh, I have. I've been to a Hooters. And it wasn't even like a political stance. I've just I've just heard like the food is not even all that, you know? So well, they're known for wings. Yes. And boobs, as Hooters are a nickname for. Here's the thing about all these restaurants that we're going to talk about, though, is all of them have the banner of being a family restaurant. Yeah, that's what's upsetting. Bring the whole fam. Get them started young in yeah. objectifying and misidentifying. Watch your dad role. staring at your waitress's titties because this place says it's okay to do. Well, my dad kind of does that everywhere. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but that place is it's acceptable. So is that better? I do not know. Um, so the outfit is tight hooter shirt, tight jogging shorts. There's a lot of daily inspections. When you work at a Hooters? Well, don't forget your tan, um, shiny, shiny pants. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, thank you, Kyle. Your tan, shiny, and then your scrunched white Tan socks. Yeah, scrunched white socks. With your tennis shoes. I was approached when I was, I think it was like 12 or 13, and I was at a Hooters with some friends in Florida, obviously. And I was approached by the manager and asked if I wanted to work there. And I was like... Oh, my God. I'm, I mean, I had ginormous tatas I was say I didn't age. have boobs I was 14 oh, so you're ahead of the curve and I was it was I was mortified because I was with like some guy friends and literally that was it that's so fucked that up was awful Jesus. yeah it was so weird it was so grotesque the way they did it this article uh, on the Daily Beast about like working at a Hooters this woman says the problem was like not like what she got for tips is that her cut should have been bigger Hooters makes multiple demands of the girls. We have to do our own hair and makeup in a particular style. Like you're going on a date with your boyfriend, a manager explained. Barf. 
dance on wooden bar stools a few times per shift. Really? Upsell branded merchandise like t-shirts, beer koozies, swimsuit calendars, and act as a sort of therapist to needy men who on the regular came in seeking attention from women 30 years younger than them. They had to perform Mm. emotional labor of pretending to find these men fascinating while deflecting their bolder advances because Hooters is, after all, a family restaurant. My God, that is so sad. There's a great story when uh, Hooters gave everyone a bunch of food poisoning. <laughs> so as if your stomach doesn't already turn when you walk into one of those places, they uh, definitely tainted you with some salmonella. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that can happen at any restaurant. It was just particularly delightful to hear that a Hooters chain like sent a bunch of people running to the bathroom barfing and yeah, pissing out their buttholes. Right. Well, it's like this is the kind of job where as a server, like you're signing up for so much more. Like you as a female going into this. And now I'm not saying there's not power in jobs like this. I think women. But and I think power- there's a certain kind of women that does this. And some of them have to know like exactly what they're getting into or they learn how to play the game once they're of there. Of course. Yeah. Like in any situation where it's not run by women, you know what I'm saying? So it's not built for women. It's about learning how to play the game but at the end of the day the game is fucked it's fucked and it's rigged from the top down you know so it's like yay good figure out how to make it work for you if you can walk away keep a normal life outside of it feel good about it not have it like you know uh drag you down i say awesome i just i personally struggle with that shit i can't take it it's just so fucking it just feeds into the non-stop male fantasy of what we are you know, to men. And and that's my problem with it. I'm like, go ahead, honey. It's just like the whole, the whole system is broke. Right. But like also Hooters are like in such small towns too. And I feel like there's one in Burbank. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I guess I'm thinking about Florida, like for a, a place that doesn't have a lot of, um, restaurants where you're mm-hmm. trying to get a job and you just know you're going to make more money there. Sure. It's such a, it's such a difficult thing. Cause it's like, you know, you're going to make more money at, at the beginning. You think, Oh, you know, like as someone who cocktailed for a while, mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'll make more. It, it, I'll, I can, I can handle it. Yeah. But in, we shouldn't, the whole idea is like, you shouldn't have to handle it. Mm-hmm. It's not just a job. It's not just yeah. a serving it's job. It's emotional it's, terrorism. It's emotional terrorism on top of what waiting tables already is. Yeah. Again, the the idea that you are expected to be somewhat of a therapist and someone who needs to like like uh basically pacify and pretend that the male clients are interesting and wonderful, you know, but then when they <sighs> fall in love with you, know when to cross the you know, know when it's not crossing the line. Right. You know, because it's a family place. Uh, I've read articles that a lot of girls will like wear fake engagement rings. Oh, yes. Or, you know, talk about their fake fiance to keep people away. But are you allowed to do that on that job? It seems like they would dictate that you can't. You really might not come even be able to way. wear a ring or an engagement ring. Certainly right. at the Playboy Club, you at couldn't cocktail, at all. Right. I was going to say at cocktail places and just bartenders and waitresses in general, that's, that's an like old trick. Could, but I don't know. They inspect you before you go on the floor. Now, Ugh. here's another thing that is totally true. So we've talked about Hooters. We'll talk about other restaurants. Twin Peaks, which really fucking, I hate <laughs> the name of it. Because it's one of my favorite shows of all time. And now I have to associate it with this, this like, literally man cave. Like, like I'm, it actually says, if you, if you click on the website of Twin Peaks, where it says about, it says, experience the mentality is what it says. Instead of mentality, oh. it says mentality. So what they're doing specifically is, like, gearing toward men to come in and see hot chicks dressed as lumberjacks. And you come in and feel like the mountain man you really are. Um, also these women are not employees. They are hired actors. They're performers. You don't, you, you basically audition and the way that you are paid from my research is that you sign a contract, which means if you gain weight, if you get pregnant, if you change your hair color, you can be reprimanded for it. Mm -hmm. Fun. Is this a, a restaurant that's still in in, in business? It, yes. Yeah. Twin Peaks. Fun fact: Twin Peaks launched Nicole Kidman's acting career. 
Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I think we. Oh my God, Josh, you said that with such, with such conviction. Well, I'm so sorry. I feel like you guys know, are just like, so depressed at all these like facts. I'm like throwing well, at you. I think I think like like at the end of the day, like my situ like I'm like I would much rather be an exotic dancer or a stripper, hands down. I have so much respect for. I know that it's rife with its own issues, but it's like. You there's in my mind there's more control like you're being objectified but like you don't have to fucking bring anyone they're uh, goddamn jalapeno poppers I don't know you I, know I don't, I, not having it's just it just sucks that it's I like there, there's mm. no equivalent like th- for what a man in the service industry you're just trying to make a buck and if you know you can do it in less hours with less clothing you have sometimes you just make the decision to do that uh, agreed agreed and i i think also there's no um, this is something that i really lobbied for at an establishment that i worked at which i don't know was if it was taken seriously or not um because i ended up not really staying for much longer was that there's no systems in place for when you are dealing with customers there's a lot of uh conversation about sexual harassment within the workplace from fellow people that you work with or you know management but there's nothing discussed about what happens when a customer sexually harasses you Mm -hmm. I mean obviously you're supposed to go to a manager but there's no like I was saying that there needs to be some sort of a signal system like you have to like you should be able to without explaining in detail what a cut what somebody just how somebody just violated you like hi that was a code yellow for me and i need for him to leave so that your manager can just know how to handle it and say you're not allowed to come like you you have to leave like something inappropriate happened Well, and i think that's i think that's my biggest problem or takeaway with this whole situation is like management who's not looking after you because like sure as a woman if you want to put on a nice looking outfit and be super fucking cute and be suggestive sexy all that stuff to turn over more bucks great that you are 100 percent encouraged and welcome to do that it's just no still means no, Yeah, you know? And in these work environments, they're creating more of this male fantasy where like maybe just maybe you can drag her into the alley with you and they're not looking after you and protecting you, well, you know? Well, I don't and know. That we don't know that that's a fact. We don't know that that's... I mean, no, it, it is a but place just, that's been created for male fantasy. Yeah, which is, which just is shitty. But it's encouraging it, you know? Correct. I agree, but... Because I can look sexy at my dive bar job if I want to. Right. But, but instead, this is a culture where it's saying, like, come on into this, you know... Right. They're like, we've created a safe, like, male parade. environment for you where, like, you get to be... Have this little fantasy where, like, hot girls pay attention to you while you eat a burger and we chat. That doesn't mean that, like, managers don't have backs. I'm sure, in fact, they go above and beyond making sure that these employees are taken care of. I certainly I would hope so. Say, uh, I would say, I would, I would not, because I don't think they do in regular restaurants. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there is such a, and I know this is, I mean, there is such a stigma with somebody, especially if they're spending a lot of money. And there's a, I, I honestly think that, the service industry is a culture where you put up with a lot and rather than complain about it, it's just another thing that happens. And you at like the place that I worked at, a guy came in, he was, he cornered me. He was, he put his hand on my back. He put his hand on my waist. He showed me inappropriate pictures. Like he, uh, it, it, like the list goes on and on and on. Right. Meanwhile, he spent an exorbitant amount of money now I it made me increasingly uncomfortable. I got really upset, um, and only to find out that he had done similar things to other women that I had worked with. That those were brought to the attention of management, and that nothing had sort of happened because it's sort of the like, well, you just don't wait on him then. Uh, right. Let somebody He's else. He's not going to get kicked him. out. You all are going to lose and it your took jobs. Me literally like filing a report for them to say he's not allowed back because my whole thing was is that and and it made me extremely emotional and upset a because I felt violated but b I kept saying am I overreacting I'm over I'm being a problem I'm making a bigger deal than it is 
Yeah. But I wasn't. Like, no. in all in all, like, it it, it wrecked me. Like, I got I'm so upset. I'm sorry about that. Well, I'm just, like. And it, I'm certainly not defending management. No, by any means, no, no. But I, I would know. say. I just don't want to, like. I mean, you don't want to believe. I, I no, want to no, no. believe in the good and fucking people, obviously. But I also believe that management has a. I don't think that. What I'm saying is that I don't think that they're equipped be, because customers are always right. I don't. I right. don't think that there's any. I mean, from the sexual harassment training that I have experienced within a restaurant group, mm -hmm. there is nothing about customers. And it's, when you have a restaurant like a Twin Peaks, like a Tilted Kilt, which is like you're a, you're like a sexy Celtic <laughs> plaid wearing like girl doing that, like bikinis, sports bar and grill, like Ojos Locos, like this bombshells, which is sexy military girls. Like what? 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 It goes on and Bone Daddies like is the name of one of them. Disgusting boy in a basement playing video games thought of all these. Names. I mean, I think it's just you're right. It creates a situation where it is like, oh, she's paying attention. She's paying attention to me. Of course, I can show her a dick. Well, and you start. Of course, I well, can. You, and you start. But the thing is, is even in server culture, you start looking out for each other. But is it looking out for each other when you're saying, oh, don't. You know, like, don't um, give him too much. He's like, I, I have had, I've been told, like, Be warned. About yeah, like, make sure the doors open when that guy comes in. Like, don't, don't be in a confined space with him. Like, uh, oh, mm. he really likes to um, corner, you know, and and talk your ear off, or he's really touchy feely. Maybe don't get too close to him or give him. You know what I mean? Like, just the yeah. fact that we feel as women that we have to warn each other. And it's like you're working at a place than, that serves pizza. You know, and this is the level of shit you have to put up with, you know. And it, it's and, happened to me my whole life. Right. It's, it's it's never just been, It's I'm not saying it's one restaurant. But I'm saying it's this happened. is, again, customers usually always right. Yeah. You know, unless they like physically harm you. Mm -hmm. uh, sexual stuff is just never a big concern for anyone. And I'm yeah. just saying, I do think like dive bars take better care of their staff because they don't give a fuck. They're like, get the fuck out of here and don't come back. Yeah. Whereas when people are putting down black Amex sort of level shit, you, you defer, have... you defer to the playboy customer idiot over your server. I would think that some of these places we're talking about because they are in smaller cities or smaller towns, they are going to have their regulars, which like dive bars, might mean that they have protection, like, yeah. like that they have like these regulars in the bar that have regular. their backs, like in a dive bar, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I mean, I, I just think that there's no systems in place to protect people. Like, like you were saying how they are in the handbook, they are required to basically be these guys therapists and to like, you could, you couldn't then go and complain and be like, this man said really inappropriate things to me. Cause they would just be like, Oh, part well, of the job, honey. It's part of the job. Babe. Didn't you know you have? But he didn't a, touch you, have a you, right? He didn't yeah. do anything. He didn't like. And it's always a. I mean, I I feel like I've been quizzed so many times. Like, but he didn't. And I'm like, but what? I just told you what he did, and that's enough. Right. That like you know? this guy's got serious problems. No one should have to deal with him. He no. shouldn't be coming in here. Like, if you raise your voice to somebody, if you get up and yell at somebody in a restaurant. You're the crazy you one. You well, I'm like a customer does. You should be asked to leave. Mm -hmm. There are certain levels of like humanity that I just think, when it comes from a customer, especially towards women, there's nothing in place to help you. Yeah, it's really and and the fact that we've all felt like we need to, like, it, that it's a part par for the course is so sad yeah and, and i guess like i, I don't want to come off like i'm shitting on people who choose these places for a faster buck i just know in my heart i wouldn't make it out without stabbing someone in the neck uh or being fired oh, immediately like Brooke. i can't like i just i like can't you went undercover at a you show me's which is in missouri yeah missouri. Kyle, kyle saw me fight a guy in a dive bar a year ago you know um brookwood and he didn't, he like, he just, he had come up to our table for the fourth time. And we Ugh. were just like, we don't want to talk to you. And, and it he was like, just a he customer. He like inserted himself. He like walked in the middle of us. And it was so, it's just like the, yeah. And it then. It's exactly like an episode of Dining, Designing Women I just watched, by the way. Really? Like 100% the same thing happens. Who, and they're who like. shoved the man though? Uh, they didn't shove him, but like this guy wanted to chat and chat and chat and chat. And then they were just like, we're, we're, we don't want to. We're trying to hang out with each other. We don't want you to be here. Yeah. And he, and he, was, he was pretty much like, dikes, and like exactly. walked off. Exactly. And that's pretty much know? what this guy he, did. He literally was like, well, you're all ugly anyways, or yeah. something like that. And After then the fourth like, built himself up. Shoved him across defeated. the bar. <laughs> 
oh man. And then the fucking bouncer who confiscated the lemon bars I made for Jocelyn as a going away treat on the way in, then watched a man fight me and did nothing. Oh so, yeah. I, it hate was... the, I hate the roost. People expect women to figure out how to survive. They well, don't. And that's on top of being in a position where you are essentially groveling for a tip, like you're performing for a tip. So it's like so many built in layers of, of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, if you guys are wondering the, what to do, why don't the ladies have any place that they can go and hang out? Uh, the playing field's been leveled. Not at all. Um, <laughs> with uh, the area's first, grab my server's the area's dong. first restaurant called Tallywhackers. It's not even is, a good oh, name. Women get the worst version of everything. I know. I know. Why can't I just eat at a place called Dongs? Seriously, <laughs> major Dongs. Major yeah. Dongs. Do you want your dong <laughs> soft or? I always wanted That's to yeah. uh, buy the website softdong.com. Softdong.com. <laughs> do you want your dong soft or well done? Well uh, dong. Wait, what are they? I are want they, there to be I shirtless? want there to be a dong uh, big symbol that happens <laughs> dong. when somebody and orders a, every hour things. on the hour we ring a dong with their dongs. Now, I guarantee that a bunch of men would start coming there because they'd like to celebrate their own dongs and they just like tank it over. Wait, it, so is Tally Whackers? It's just like dudes who wear like Speedo-y. I don't want to be served by that. I don't care about that. Shirts. That's not attractive to me. I don't, I don't me. want it. And that's the fucking difference. That's the difference is like when you see footage of like Thunder from Down Under, like Chippendales and they're like right. air humping. You know, oh, a chair. It's, it's to me, I'm like, that's fucked up. Like, but I'll tell not you what, hot to me. I'll go see puppetry of the penis every no. day of the week. <laughs> I won't. I don't want to watch no. someone turn, turn it into a hamburger skin. again. Well, and it's just like the most unattractive. Like the worst. It's literally like a sock. It's like a covered skin tab just flapping in the wind. No, it's, it's like so the worst. Make it do the T-Rex thing with your dick one and more time. Like, you know what? You know what you're gonna love, lady. Let me take my soft dong and let me. Wrap it in a neon thong and then let me like slap your face with it. <laughs> no, the puppetry of the penis is like That's the worst thing. The I... worst balloon trick. And then a when they pick you up, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever have you guys. I, granted, I do up. have to say the greatest um, uh, strip bar with with male strippers ever mm. is a little place called La Bear, and it's in Fort Lauderdale. Woo woo, Fort Lauderdale, Lottie Dottie. Lottie and um, I, you enjoy it because they each come out with a full blown. I mean, it's theater. Hard on. No story. Okay, it's a story. Oh, like <laughs> full, full blown. Yeah. Like there's, Facts. there's like, you know, time in between sets, and you know, a guy comes out and he's dressed like a cowboy, and they put sand all over the stage, and he oh. he picks up the sand and he blows the sand, and, <laughs> and all you the know what I mean. Go, and then. Ah! And then he picks up like, you know, obviously like a hammer that's very light and he's obviously. like swinging the hammer. But it's a whole, mm -mm. it's a whole, at least I'm get, I want to see a story. You know what I mean? I, I want to feel emotion. I don't understand that story you just told us. I mean, eventually he took his clothes off and it was like working and do five. You know what I mean? Like it was like a... <laughs> But um, the but greatest the, cowboy song of all yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about a restaurant where like all the men just are like so respectful of right, your choices? Long story, dong. Yeah. We don't want your shirt off. <laughs> we want you to look us in the eye and tell us that you think we're really smart and that we make good choices. Yeah. So like that's a I want great you to, choice. When, when when the meal's over, I want you to pass us the bill because we put our credit yeah. card down. That's yeah. fucking that's right. Don't give it to us. the dude in the group. Oh man, ladies, this has been a we got some hard talk today. Hard, sure hello. Hard. Oh, God. oh, did I just do it again? Oh, what a flaccid! Again. Oh wait, did I just say flaccid? <laughs> now it's a dumb. Oh dumbbell. boy, what a dick move! Oh no, there, the, the, the gun. Uh, anybody else got a bit of a cock? Here, wait, here, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Here's just the tip. Okay. Oh. Hello. But seriously, this has been a. There's this is a hardcore topic we discussed today i think not yeah not that many laughs it's loaded but if we if we've made you think about and if there are any if there's anybody out there listening that's working in an establishment establishment like this like 
Let's you have stories like, to tell and you love your we job. We can keep you like, anonymous too. Yeah. And we certainly like, we respect you. We respect your job and what you're doing. We're just, we're just discussing this here. And like, like, yeah, feel free. Like I, I'm, I'm so down to hear pros or cons your take on it. This is just our take. And again, yeah, not, not, not judging, shaming, whatever, but we bit older. We a bit, we've been through the ringer or we've all done a lot of comedy. So we've been abused in many other arenas other than just, uh, just the restaurant one. Um, let's welcome to Sidework Podcast, Catherine Spires from Thank you. Smart Mouth. Hello, Thanks. Catherine. Hi, um, hi, hi. We're excited that we've uh, grabbed a few of your fans, and I hope that some of our fans jump on board with you. Ooh, I was looking at your iTunes page today, and the first review that I saw was, I came here from the Smart Mouth Podcast. And I saw that, too. Yes. I saw that, too. <laughs> it works. The audio cross-pollination yes. works. Yes. Uh, LadyPod. Like, I think that's a hashtag. So oh. it's like lady podcasters helping lady podcasters too. Okay. I think it might be called lady pod gang because it's I'm not, badass. I just thought that was like new slang for down there. <laughs> the lady pod. You lady pod. <laughs> the lady pocket. Yeah. Oh, lady, the lady, the lady purse. Mm-hmm. You get it. Yeah. Why did you do so much cocaine before the podcast? Can you answer that question next? Because I get nervous. <laughs> Yeah, cocaine's great weirdly, for nerves. But I don't know. Weirdly enough, it kind of like, well, oh you know what it does? It makes the nerves seem okay. <laughs> That's right. Like, like, no, these nerves are on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Your like before I was just nervous and I didn't know why. And now I'm on coke and I'm nervous. Yeah. So obviously that's the reason why I'm nervous. It's your problem. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 100%. But it's been really fun. Uh, so I've started like just trying to put Smart Mouth Pod into my rotation. Thank you so much. It's been really fun. So I immediately went and I know Andrea will go back and, you know, she's she's much busier than I am. <laughs> uh, but I know that the episodes of Note where I was like, she talked to Danny Trejo because we uh, yeah. had one of his bar- day bartenders who's our friend at Trejo's Cantina. Uh-huh. Amber, she came on the podcast a while back and she just like... She loves her job. She loves him. Thinks it's a great place. It's weird because he's actually wonderful. Yeah. You know, sometimes you hear things about famous people and it's almost always exaggerated, but he's actually a wonderful human being who's so, he is such a philanthropist. His interview was just something that I was like, I'm not really surprised that he's this cool. Yeah. Um, I think it's because he plays such bad guys. Exactly. That you think but he's, he's a complete marshmallow. Yup. <laughs> right. The machete would give back. Is that what the machete gives back? <laughs> and he does. He really does give back to the community and he's really all about um, health and showcasing health within like the Latinx community. Right. And like that. And then he also has, I believe, stepchildren who have autism. Yeah. So now he like gives money to autism wow. research. Um, and then he clearly didn't know what smart mouth was, which is fine. The more right. famous guests never do. No, Cause I remember he said right at the top, he's like, Oh, I thought podcasts are like a video thing or yeah, something. And exactly. I'm like, Oh, you sound just like my parents right, who exactly. still refuse to push the purple button on their iPhones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mom sent me a text today and she was like, what's the podcast with the ladies that like murder? And I was like, <laughs> Oh God. Like you could, she could have Googled it in less words than like sending me an entire text, which is fine. You know? Yeah. I love it yeah that's true but he just knew all about like how food is used in prison as a weapon and and i don't mean like they're carving it up and shimming each other with it i meant like by the prison system to the prisoners yep he could speak on that right just be like he's like they just uh starch the fuck out of you so you become lethargic stupid like your body's not getting the nutrients it needs exactly and then he was saying too that like you can't uh there are no like prison yard gyms necessarily anymore so there's no like weight training any of that stuff really so it's like they're fattening everybody up you can't lift weights it's all about making them unhealthy so that they don't riot they don't have the energy to push back cool right Oh boy. Ugh, right. So, but that's I'm just stuck. like, that's like a little bit of a taste of like, it was, it's been fun to do a little like, like-minded crossover as much as we've had like a funny, like a soft rule. I would call it a very soft rule, but we've joked like, no, like foodies or chefs, like this is for servers only, <laughs> but you do come with service experience in I the do. past. I do. And also you're a cool female. <laughs> and that also you're, a, you're, you do for food journalism, which yeah. is like, we, we, have clearly nerded out over and over and over again on our podcast with our love for food despite having some chips on our shoulders for having to have served 
everyone and just right. like like literal chips on our shoulders from you know <laughs> working uh, from, yeah, from having a tray on yeah, our yeah, shoulder yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one's permanently lower oh. than the other one but <laughs> ouch that's okay so uh do let's start uh what was your first food related job it was when i was in high school and i worked for a branch it's a franchise actually called great harvest bread company oh, yeah. Yeah. So yum yum mm-hmm. so good so I- good out of Colorado? It's actually, I believe, Montana. Montana. Maybe Wyoming, okay. but I think Montana. And I'm sorry, please uh, let us know where this was. This was um, just outside of Seattle in a town oh, called yes. okay, Redmond. Yep. So yep. Redmond, Washington, which is mostly where I grew up. Oh, I think one is just opening up on Glendale Boulevard down the way. Great Harvest? That would maybe make sense. I'll that have to go double check. could be amazing, because this act, this story has twists and turns. Okay, all right. As all far right. as I know, the only one in Southern California is in Torrance, so mm. it's pretty far. Away. I'm gonna raise. They're a very big a deal, and they've been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember going to the one by my dad's house when I was like four years old, and I still remember the cinnamon rolls. They're I remember so the incredible. Cookies. The cookies is what I remember. The cookies are so good. Basically, everything is so good. So this one that I worked at in Redmond, I loved so much. Our um, uniform shirts were tie dyed. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty fun. That's this, like funky. Like you work at like um like Einstein bagels or dimpy. like uh, potbelly. You're fun. You put a little cookie on the shake. They <laughs> do put a cookie the on coffee. the shake. Potbelly. <laughs> this was like 1997, 98 ish. Yeah. I think I loved it. I loved working there as much as you love a job like that. You know, it was really hard. I had to grease all the bread pans for the for the bakers to come in at like three a.m. Were you food prep? What was the official yeah. title? Probably associate. Okay, I don't know. Uh, preparation associate. Yeah, and I mean, you're also probably, working the counter. Yeah, working the counter, and then you had duties that you had to do, like to prep, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like the scone pans and all that kind of the bars. They have those fruit bars. Um, it's the kind of place where like they don't put preservatives in the bread. Mm-hmm. The bread is like the base of it. it's only five ingredients. So like when people come in and they're like, I've never been here before. You have to give them a whole spiel about like, this bread has no preservatives, so you should probably eat it quickly or eat freeze it. it. And eat like it today we had, tomorrow. Yeah, we had yeah. like proper bagging technique and stuff. If the, bag, if the bread is still warm at all, don't close the plastic bag around it. I learned like how to cut a round loaf of bread. <laughs> That's their main deal is the round, correct? Yeah, yeah. And then they have the sandwich loaves as well um, that they did with one of those electric slicers that can easily cut fingers off. And it does pretty <laughs> regularly. Did that happen I to you? I worked at a bakery once and I, I, it, it scared the shit out of me. Those electric yeah. slicers, like my grandmother would use them to carve uh, Thanksgiving turkeys too and there would always oh, no. be mishap. There's the electric slicers which are one by one. We're talking about a full-on contraption that slices one oh, loaf of bread oh, at one oh, time. Yeah. Okay, yes. And you switch it on and it's so noisy and it's shaking mm-hmm. back and forth. Yeah, and it's just blazed <laughs> back and forth. And you have to push the bread at least halfway so down. It's like a wood can... chipper. Yeah. Kind of. Yes. Oh. It has the potential violence of a wood chipper. Yeah. Like a yeah. Fargo yeah. The movie I mean, ending. It'll, it'll destroy a hand because yeah. it's serrated. You know, and we all know serrated. We've all cut our hand on a serrated blade before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a lot. But when you get it mastered, you're like, I'm real good. But there's always, you know, you can't ever not be afraid of it. <laughs> like a mandolin. Yes. You have to be the boss of it. Mm-hmm. When you're scared, that's when things go haywire. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you oh, you're, must be heightened and aware at all times. Yes. Oh, another thing working in a bakery is that you drink water constantly and you never have to pee because you're just sweating it out like crazy. It's so hot in there. It's unbelievable. Even even though there's like a counter for customers up there. That sounds like UTI City, but yeah. oh. in its own way. Maybe not. No, I don't know. I'm, it I'm, wasn't. As long as you're like drinking the water. As long as you're not holding your pee. Yeah. True. Yes. There's none yes. in there to hold. Yeah. Yes. Great point. Right. Great point. What are we're you, always doctor worried. too? I know. We're um, always worried about UTIs on this. Who is it? On this podcast. It's the worst. Can you imagine being lucky enough to not be worried about UTIs? Yeah, right. God. I mean, I, like, like if I have my bathing, like my, my sea salt ocean, you know, briny, like bathing suit bottoms on for like one hour too long <laughs> after exiting the water, the tingles begin and you're like, fuck, I got to take you my pill. to pull like, those off immediately. I know. Like the second I know. you get out of the ocean. I know. I actually <laughs> boil my diva cup now. Whoa. <laughs> I do. And you're actually supposed to, I read, like you're supposed to boil it once a month just to give it like a really firm sterilization. Oh. 
I guess you're that, like that seems like the good idea. Yeah. And obviously you wash it between every use. Right. But like just a nice boiling of your okay. nice silicone menstrual cum. Has that been on the stove <laughs> when your roommates are like, what's Andrea making? I don't and give a fuck what they think. <laughs> She's like, she's a really great cook. And so if like Andrea had something mm, on the stove, I 100% would lift up the lid and be like, oh, yeah. be like running boink. in all excited. That goes inside me. <laughs> <laughs> you had a flow going with back of house, like the people who didn't have to deal with customers. Yes. Where the go between. Yes. Mostly. And of course, only on the weekends, because like the actual baker bakers were, I'm sure, I think out by like 9 a.m. Because okay. they had been there. I mean. They, for the average person who doesn't understand, bakers keep insane hours. And they they become crazy people I think as well. So. They become real weird. I mean, they go to work at like three in the morning. They're like vampires who are obsessed with bread instead of sex. <laughs> yeah. And that is almost weirder. It's a little weirder. Maybe. Although they're all obsessed with their uh, mother yeah. dough. Yeah, they're obsessed with their yeah. mothers. Their mother dough. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, I'm thinking of the... Our very first episode that we have, uh, our guest Matt Bronger told us a story about a man who he walked in on, or a friend walked in on... Uh, a At a Shakey's Pizza. Making love to some pizza dough in the walk-in. I don't care for that. <laughs> no, nobody no. does. Well, he did. He did. Cared, he cared for that dough. Like we said, he made an honest woman out of that pile of dough. Married her. Turns out. It's so sweet. It yeah. ends up being a sweet story, really. Having a job like that at Great Harvest where the ingredients are so little and the product is so lovely, like it set your palate at a young age in a Indeed. way. Indeed. So all of this is why yes. when I worked at okay. another franchise of Great Harvest in my 20s and the owners were shit bags mm. and the food that they created was not great and it was very crushing to me because between the one I had grown up going to and the one that I worked at and relatively loved, I had this image in my head of what Great Harvest was. And it is a franchise. So it's not like they're controlling totally, but I still was like resentful. I got way too worked up. Like like the thing is like (laughs) you walk into some subways and you're like, I'll try the tuna and other ones you're like not doing the tuna. Right. (laughs) Because I was like mad at headquarters for like giving them this franchise. So I was like, they don't get it, man. They're not, they're not in the, the process. <laughs> I bet they don't even recycle. Like, yeah. I bet, like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Ugh. Exactly, man. That's really tough when you're, because, you know, it's it's funny. April, too, had sentiments about she worked at Steak and Shake, mm-hmm. and she worked at one of the cleanest, most top-rated, award-winning ones, and then went more to her uh, college town uh-huh. to work there instead. She's like, and, like, nobody cared. Yes. She's like, people were treating it like it was just some sort of fast food restaurant <laughs> job, you know, which <laughs> is amazing. But I love that when you take pride in the food and yeah. what you do, like, of course you're going to be fucking annoyed when you care about it. Yeah, exactly. And that probably that probably speaks to some level or another why you are interested in food. And like that was probably like a first glimpse into you giving a fuck. Yeah. Noticing. Yeah, for sure. And I, like the more that I think about it, I think your point is right. The food at the one I worked out was so good that I was like, this is what it can be. Yeah. The bar <laughs> was set at a young age. Yes. Yeah. Um, when did you get into food writing? Um, pretty much right out of college. I think that I knew that I wanted to be a food writer always, like always, always. The reason I think this is because my grandma got me a subscription to Traveler magazine when I was like seven. So I must have been like, that's a cool grandma. Yeah, she's very cool. She had been a travel agent at one point. <sighs> so it was like, I got you. I get this. Yeah. Um, in the 90s, being a food slash travel writer was a very glamorous job. Yes, it was. So that's what I had in my head. That's great. And then I graduated college in 2004. And that wasn't really a thing anymore. Mm. It's definitely not a thing anymore. There's like three people in America who have the old timey glamorous version of that job. I am not one of them. (laughs) Are you familiar with Frank Bruni? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I ended up, you know, reading one of his memoirs. It was, you know, it was an interesting read. He Uh seems like a cool guy or whatever. But as my first fine dining waitressing experience, Uh uh, New York Times dropped in. It was like, one of a very few times they had really ever come to Brooklyn to review Brooklyn restaurants, what have you. And he sat down in my section and I was like, 
I didn't know who he was, but I was given like a little heads up or whatever. VIP. And then, yeah, uh-huh. VIP, VIP. The owner who was married to the chef and vice versa, this whole thing, like basically like a really bad game of telephone. Everyone was like, fuck. Right. And then like the everyone's whole demeanor changed and everyone, we were slammed because it was a Saturday night uh-huh. and, and it was just like, Brooke. You've got to wait on him. And I was like, but I'm the dumbest. I'm the dumbest of all the waiters. I'm like, I. that's why you're the best. <laughs> but it was one of those things when I had been faking it a little bit where I was like, I don't understand wines like the way some of my coworkers do. I'm not as passionate, but I really like working here. Uh-huh. And because I, I was a comedian, I was pursuing comedy full time, but right. also trying to fake my way through fine dining. And it was like that night where I was like, I never do my homework. I don't pay attention. I was like, are you sure you guys? They're like, you have to do it, bro. <laughs> And I was like, okay. And I like everything I like set down on the table, all the dishes were clank and just like, and he's just, you know, he was surrounded by like a gay harem of other gay men. Mm-hmm. They were having so much fun ignoring me. He was so chill about it. Thank yous. He did not grill me. Not a lot of questions. We got a, we got one star. <laughs> That's actually good. One star is good. Yeah. No, Brooklyn would get no stars. Right. Period. Right. You yeah. Know? No. So, That's really good. But that was a big moment because I was like, I never really gave credence to food reviewers because I never had previously writers, reviewers, the whole thing because I'd never worked anywhere notable, uh. you know, um, just in general. And then that was like a wake up moment to be like, I'm a little cu- more curious, like in general about what writers and reviewers and everyone has to say and started paying way more attention. Yeah, it can like be about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of it can be good writing. That's why I think with like Jonathan Gold, there was like pressure off and away because even if you fuck up, he's going to come back anyway. He loves to eat. <laughs> he, was gonna, so he would go to your place a few times. That's the way that all food writers used to operate because they had budgets to do that. They were given a credit card and it used to be that you didn't review a restaurant unless you had been there three times. Okay. And usually with a big group because the idea is to like order practically the whole menu. Practically the whole menu. Yeah. Also like how does this, how does the staff maybe handle a big group versus me alone? Yeah. Not that they're reviewing the service per that's se, but that's it, part of it. Yeah. Actually, I went to dinner with Pete Wells, who's the current New York Times mm-hmm. restaurant critic and one of my friends who had been a cater waitress in college, she made a comment about one of the servers there reaching too far across her or mm-hmm. something like that and my friend's comment made it into Pete Wells's review and she was like oh this is so great this- <laughs> I just killed our server yeah. and murdered her they're dead <laughs> it was funny how excited she was but I mean basically like her opinion got in the New York Times that's it's a fun way of looking at it hilarious yes. amazing the other thing is that um people still talk about like oh well there's this restaurant reviewer but everyone knows what they look like um this restaurant reviewer I trust more because no one knows what they look like but People are getting confused. They don't know what the restaurant reviewer looks like. Every restaurant mm. in town knows what they looks like. What they looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a lie, not a, like evil lie, but the idea that like uh, any restaurant critics are anonymous. Not at all. No, absolutely not. No, the restaurants know who they are. Yes. Yeah. And it's okay. Like you, you can look them up. They like by their tagline, their byline. You know, it's like their little their photo. You know, they're not secret Well, they do, like, like, right now at the LA Times, there's two critics, and ostensibly no one knows what they look like, but someone who works at Osteria Moza, for instance, which mm-hmm. is the kind of restaurant mm-hmm. that um, keeps up on who's the current food critic, they, like, the day after he got hired, they put his picture up in the kitchen. Of course. <laughs> yeah, they're on top of that shit. Yeah. Some people... Yeah, pay way more attention. Nancy was like, I want that photo in my kitchen. Yes. Yeah. 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 They do actually have sheets of like all the, I know this for a fact because someone, a friend of mine who is another food writer, she went to a restaurant and opened her menu and this like, I don't know, stapled together a bunch of pages fell out of the menu and it was pictures of all the food writers with their names underneath it. It is so weird that that somehow got in her menu. She got the intel? Yes. (laughs) That's a little embarrassing. I mean, like, it obviously makes sense that people want to know who to look out for but why did that fall in her lap? I know. I wonder if they'd like pulled it out to cross-reference a reservation or something and then it somehow like got in a menu. 
but again, as a server, I'm going like, I bungled that. That was me. Yeah. It was like the worst All thing me. you could Fuck. do. Yeah. Brooke, you have to take this table now. You have to wait on this table. And tell them you did that. But can I tell you that yes. um, they had the pictures and the names and all the women, they got confused with each other. Oh. They didn't have the right names under the pictures. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that fun? <laughs> what? Is it food criticism? Is it writing? Like what, where, do, like how do you like to define it? What you do? Um, I say food journalism. Yeah. Because I've never been a full-time restaurant critic. Right. That's sort okay. of like its own subgenre. Okay. Um, and then I've, I've more often been in an editor position. So at a few jobs I was the food editor or whatever they called it at that publication. Um, but right now, I had a thing for a while where I was calling myself a food anthropologist. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I liked it too. Well, that goes really well with your podcast. Yes. It's it's a really great title to give yourself for the deep dives you're just doing. With. Yeah. You're, you're letting other people kind of like lead you. Right. You know? Yeah. And then uncovering history and information and right yeah, it's fun i felt a little bit like it might have been misleading because it's not like i have a master's degree or anything sure but then also i was like everyone calls themselves whatever they want oh so. <laughs> i mean i don't know if you pay attention to stand-up comedy if you just put the word comic next to anything you do you're impervious to uh criticism feedback or censorship <laughs> i don't know if you notice that there's a whole slew of idiots who are like i can see what i want and people they need to like it because I'm a comedian and I hide under that umbrella. Like, I'm just so fucking over it. It's like, yeah. if you want to be racist, you are 100% welcome to say racist shit. What you're not immune to is everyone saying, like, I'm going to choose someone else for this job over you because you I, suck. Yeah. I think Anyways. men especially just aren't used oh, to direct negative feedback. So you did interview yeah. Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. I did. So I listened to it and um, I was like, Andrea... I was like, Andrea, prepare yourself. You're going to listen to it and have a lot of nostalgia and feels because she's like a diehard. Her and yeah. her husband met him briefly in Chicago. Oh, yeah, we did. Nice. And, you know, nice. on the episode. Yeah. <laughs> you just see me like drunk in the background. <laughs> Love it. She's just going Love like, it. oh, <laughs> um, And you guys were, you're talking about scotch. Yeah. And that was actually extremely frustrating to me because he was on a promotional tour for mm -hmm. um, Balvenie, which mm -hmm. is a scotch that he was um, the paid spokesperson mm -hmm. for. And the publicists, um, as is their want, were yeah. like, you can only talk about this thing. And it was funny because you were like, and we had like at the top of the show, you're like, we're only allowed to talk about scotch. Did as I per say that? And uh, it wasn't like rude, but you're yeah. like, well, we're and he I think he also was very much like we're kind of limited to the topic. Yeah, I know. But it was it's. Oh, I just remembered specifically why it upset me because they made me send in a list of questions ahead of time. So I was, my questions were like, what's your favorite bar in LA? And they were like, this sounds great. And then I asked, what's your favorite bar in LA? And he's like, I don't have a favorite bar. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> but it was still amazing to meet him and interview him. No, I think You're it like, went. You're like, strike one yeah. in your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Since I just recently listened to that, that question didn't come until the very, very end after a really good convo. You guys have okay. a very strong, good convo. It's probably hard to go back and listen to things that you've done, especially when there's just so much turmoil surrounding his untimely passing. Yeah. And you guys talked nonstop about the ways he would kill himself and how he would die and that he wanted to die in the Chateau Marmont mm -hmm. or that he would die in this one bar in Scotland. But just this whole like, like live. He's like, no regrets, baby. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I love that about him. Yeah. He was, did live a good life. He did. He definitely did. Um, I know that when he passed, someone used um, my episode with him as like kind of like a linchpin to their article about it. And it's like, mm. he talked about these things, but I actually have never re-listened to the episode. Interesting. Um, for having only met him once, his death upset me yeah. way too much. I highly imagine because like even going into it, he has set a standard for you in an industry that you. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of like my writing you, hero. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For sure. And then also I will say that um, he died six months after my dad died unexpectedly and they were the same age and kind of looked alike. So there's definitely like a lot of shit going there's, on with that. It's layered. It's <laughs> yeah. layered. Yeah. If you go in and, and you've been made as a uh -huh. LA, like as an LA Weekly or other thing like writer, they're like, oh shit, Catherine Spires is here. Yeah. What is some advice maybe for a server? When they are serving a food critic, because I told you I was a monstrous mess. Yeah. 
I wish that I had like a universal explanation for that. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but where I wouldn't want, I would, I'm very, I would be very uncomfortable if I had been made and all of a sudden the servers got like, all like scraping the ground. But I think right. some people really like that. So oh, it's yeah, really hard to know. The only way you'd probably be able to figure that out is like by reading everything they've ever wrote. And why would you have done that? So, right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Just try and be like as normal as possible. Like, like give them the same like service they're not. experience as all the yeah. other tables. You know, I have always been interested in writing more about like mom and pop type restaurants. Mm -hmm. So in LA, that's like a lot of going to the valleys and stuff like that. And I went to a very upscale restaurant once and made the reservation under my name. I was being totally guileless. I didn't even think of it because mm -hmm. I, it had been maybe years since I'd gone to a restaurant where you needed to make reservations. Mm -hmm. And I went with a friend and we sat down and they brought champagne to our table. And for a second I was like, oh, how nice. They bring everyone. Sh oh, oh, yeah. And then the chef came out oh. and brought us free dishes oh. and stuff. I was humiliated because I'm sure from their point of view, I was like, oh, she made the reservation under her real name. I guess we better do it up, which is, was not my intention. I can just be kind of an idiot sometimes. <laughs> this is really interesting, too, because it's also we've talked about on the show where like people who make reservations at fancy restaurants are like searched on social media to see like what they kind are. of person yeah, yes. they are. That's the thing. Yes. Do they absolutely. have the Benjamins? <laughs> as they say. As the popular youngs say. Yeah. Are they shown to the restaurant with the Benjamins? I have a handful of Lincolns. <laughs> <laughs> my pocket stuffed with fives. I've been saving up my Lincolns for this meal and I don't appreciate being treated like this. It's Yelp, oh. Yelp, Yelp. Here's a tip. When you are at a restaurant that isn't obviously very upscale and you feel like you want to order a tuna salad or a chicken salad, go ahead and ask them what's in it. Specifically, did they add potato starch or tapioca starch or something like that? Because if you don't want additives in your food, you probably shouldn't order it. Um, the, it doesn't break. The salads don't break because they're mostly potato starch. <laughs> Here's a tip. If you plan on taking a big trip and you're flying there at all and worried at all about your carbon footprint, you can go to the forestry department and get into their plant a tree program. So it's a minimum of $10 that you will donate. Um, and then you, you, it plants, I believe it's $1 or $2 per tree, but two trees can like supply all the air for like four people essentially. So if you're taking a big trip and worried about all the jet fuel you're burning off, you That's can pay it. someone to plant trees to then help to replenish the carbon emissions you are creating by creating oxygen for the world. We do this for you, Jess. Hey guys, fun news about Sidework Podcast. You can now listen to us exclusively on the Himalaya app and anywhere else you're already streaming your podcast. But if you listen to us on Himalaya, which is a free app you can go find in your app store and listen to everything else you already normally listen to, we start to get paid, which helps us continue to bring you fun content. Plus, we're going to start doing bonus content for people who want to pay a little extra for live streaming videos, special episodes, maybe some tickets to some live shows we're going to start doing for servers only. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks again for listening and check out Himalaya.